they're sticking their hand just like into holes in trees <laughs> just blindly. I think of that all the time. Like, what if there's a snake in there? Yeah. That's my nightmare. <laughs> Survivor's ready. Go! That's not the idol. What is it? It's a snake. I know. It has a face on it. I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar. <laughs> Can I play it? I want to play that. You are going to have to dig deep. Welcome back to Dig Deep, a Survivor Rewatch podcast, the show where we look back at the past 40 seasons of The Greatest Social Experiment on television, which is, of course, Survivor. Brendan here. And Matt. Matt is also here. Today we are launching into our Ghost Island Rewatch. Matt, we like to rewatch Survivor seasons. That's kind of the thing we do. It's why we're here. It's our main purpose in life. It's what sparks joy. Why don't you let the people in on the very stringent process for how we choose which seasons to rewatch? We don't have one. Yeah, we just kind of pick them. Uh, There's no rhyme or reason. We're not going chronologically or anything, so we just sort of peruse various seasons and decide what we're feeling. And what mood we're in. What mood, because certain Survivor seasons have certain moods. Mm -hmm. Like December's coming up, that's obviously a Vanuatu month. Yes, Vanuatu is a very holiday season vibe. The uh, volcano. We started with mostly new castaway seasons. We wanted to get into some returning player seasons later on, but we wanted to get our feet wet with some new players without any... That was really our only piece of criteria. That was the only rule. Now, we did have one big one lined up for our next rewatch, but it's not locked in yet. So if you have any suggestions about which season we should rewatch in the future... Hit us up, Twitter and Instagram at DigDeepPod, and give us your thoughts on what would be a good rewatch, because clearly we have no idea what we're doing. Please, let us know. We would love to have some input from uh, from our listeners. Now, Matt, I always try and fill these opening blocks with some news, uh, but there isn't any. Uh, we don't have any solid details, any solid new details about the production of season 41. Uh, I guess a note is, if you haven't heard, two seasons of Survivor on now on Netflix, uh, just in the States, though. Um, Survivor Kageon 28 and Survivor Heroes vs. Villains Season 20. That's two good seasons to, to put out Very there. good seasons. I think if they are... Those are two of the best seasons of all times, I think. I think we'd both agree on that. So, I mean, if they're trying to get exposure for a show that usually war- warrants a, respo- a response from people of that show still on, I think it's a pretty good marketing move, getting it on Netflix, getting a couple of the top seasons ever. Uh, obviously, that doesn't help us. We're in Canada, but shout out Anyone in the States that's listening and gets to watch those two seasons on Netflix. Yeah, lucky you. So that aside, let's dive into Survivor Season 36, Ghost Island. Today we will cover all the way up to the merge, including the merge vote, as always. From here on in, there will be spoilers for Ghost Island, so stay safe. Matt. That was your warning. Let's dive in. (laughs) Let's do it. All right, Season 36, Ghost Island. Matt, I have my tea here. I have a cup of water. And we're ready to get into... All of the tea from Ghost Island, arguably the spookiest Survivor season. Mm-hmm. Just based off of the title alone. I mean, arguably the only spooky Survivor season, but in terms of this theme, I I love it. I do too, and I think we talked about it in our kind of hype up for this. Is uh, I love that they bring back uh, elements from the past and stories from the past, and what better way to do that than with uh, misplays from the past? When again, I think it's, they're obviously trying to, you know, we're in the late 30s, they're trying to keep things fresh, new ideas, and instead of just throwing another random heroes versus healers versus 
Davids versus Goliaths. Versus rock versus paper versus scissors, which is going to be the next one, I think. That should be. That's Matt's brainchild. I, I say that every time we watch one of those ones. I say we need a rock, paper, scissors survivor. Rock wins immunity. <laughs> Guy in the front, what makes you a rock? <laughs> <laughs> so as themes go, I think this one is pretty good. It's pretty fun. Very spooky. Yeah. And in terms of the, the later season, this is one of my favorites. I agree. And I, there's a lot of good content at the at the later seasons as you go into the 30s. Starting this one off, I think it has a, a very unique start. We see something that we haven't seen before. They're right off the bat with a challenge. And the two tribes, they have to elect a captain. And then the captain chooses people to perform in various elements of a challenge. And this is our first little introduction into Chris Noble. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris Noble, who is... Uh, for all intents and purposes, quite a beautiful man. I'll admit it. The guy has a lot of confidence, as uh, as he probably should. As the beautiful do, I assume. I, who would know? I, I don't know. Not us. So he has a lot of confidence. He steps up right away and says, I want to be the leader. Good for him. So he picks his team, and uh, Brendan, who's on the other tribe, is uh, elected their leader. There needs to be more Brendans on Survivor. Here he goes. Well... There's only been two, to my knowledge, uh, both older white guys, as Brendan's usually are. Mm-hmm. I would just, you know, I'd like to see more people with my name. You know, it it helps with my fantasies, my survivor fantasies. <laughs> For an all Brendan season? Jeff Probst. Well, no, just Jeff Probst yelling, Brendan wins immunity. And I'm like, it's me. One day, buddy. One day. So we got Brendan and Chris. They get to pick their teams for the various challenges. And uh, the challenges you win, you get uh, a reward. Now, the key to this is that the captain can pull the plug on the challenge at any time once they get to the puzzle if he thinks that they're going to lose. And then they just get a lesser reward. Yeah, he, you cut your losses you give your opponent a little bit more of a reward. They get, I think, some eggs on top of uh, the fishing gear. Uh, or the, they get a shelter building kit and some extra eggs, whereas the losing team will get the fishing gear. And I really like this concept because it, it creates conflict and drama and decisions. It, it puts someone out there right away. And I like that it kind of causes, like I said, drama right off the bat. And boy, does it. Mm-hmm. Because we get through this challenge... Uh, we have Desi, who's doing the uh, puzzle for Naviti, the purple tribe, Chris's tribe. And Naviti, or uh, uh, Desi, is uh, not great at the slide puzzle. Malolo's looking like they're going to get it, Malolo the orange tribe. And uh, so Chris pulls the, pulls the plug on it. He says, you know what, let's cut our losses here. Uh, we'll just, we'll take the, uh, we'll take the fishing gear. And while Jeff Probst, he likes to stir the pot a little bit. He's a pot stirrer. Mm -hmm. So he asks them, he says, would anyone else have made a different decision? And everyone's like, of course not. We're tribe unity. And then we meet Dom, Mr. Dominic, <laughs> who says, no, I would. I don't agree. And the rivalry begins. And the rivalry begins. Dom says, I'm a truth teller. I don't lie. <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> it's a great line. But uh, he he. Targets himself right away in the eyes of uh, a very uh, egotistical. Like right off the bat, all of the targets in this game are like, hey, I'm a target. It's me. <laughs> Go after me. <laughs> I'm a big player. 
well, that's kind of his vibe. Neither of these guys could have avoided that, by the way. They're both just bold personalities. Oh, and just complete opposites. Uh, so they get back to camp. We get to hear a lot about Dom right away, which I think is interesting. Get to hear about his life. Slim down. Mm-hmm. Used to like getting some beers with the boys. But he had to cut out that lifestyle for Survivor. And his family. Right. And his family. Yeah. He's, he's doing it all for his family. Another thing I like about Dom's game is he obviously, three years before it happened, knew that we were going to record the Dig Deep Doctrine. Because he follows it religiously. And followed our rule of uh, subtlety, planting seeds. He sees that Chris and Sebastian Seabass mm-hmm. went off immediately to go and they talk. They need to bring Seabass back. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they go and talk immediately. And uh, two guys that are just talking. And Dom... He points it out right with, away. With subtlety. With subtlety. He says, uh, that's not concerning, right? <laughs> Those guys are out of here. Where are they? That's such a great way to do it, too. And he, he knows what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. And he knew that he pissed Chris off right away as well. And he knew just his sense was that Chris was going to talk about him, which uh, he was. Because they don't get along. You're, go- you're going to l- come to learn. If you haven't watched yet, which I would recommend, mm-hmm. follow along, rewatch with us. That's what we like. I think Chris was honestly just emasculated by Dom because he's just such an alpha male all the time and he's used to just being the man. And, the, and then someone challenged his ground. Yeah, the second that Dom was just like, I don't really know if I like that decision. Well, actually. <laughs> Chris didn't like that. We go over to uh, Malolo and we have uh, an interesting... Uh, an interesting an guy interesting an interesting guy on Malolo his name is Jacob Jacob is a self-proclaimed super fan which is concerning because his start to the game is extremely erratic strange i think we've seen this a lot in especially more recent survivor where these self-proclaimed super fans get cast and then they get out there and they are they flame out so quickly. They're clearly in over their heads. Do you think it's maybe an anxiety thing when you get out there and you're such a big fan and you're like, oh my God, I'm actually in it now and it's just too overwhelming? Oh, absolutely. But you just got to relax. And Jacob has zero chill. Zero chill. So he immediately is looking for the idol, which people notice. And he proclaims that he's looking for the idol. Yeah. Right he's away. subtle about it. He he's he's messing around in the water and he loses his shoes. <laughs> like, has has he never been to the ocean before? And and then he tips all of the rice into his sock. Okay, try, like trying to if, find a clue in the rice. Which I mean, sure, go for a look, but dumping it in your dirty sock just seems like if, maybe something you shouldn't do socially. If I was watching that back as a person who was on the Malolo tribe, and I found out. That I was eating Jacob's dirty sock rice for 39 days. I wouldn't be happy. I would not be pleased. That's <laughs> gross. Already pretty unsanitary living conditions. You know, you're all over the place. You're smelly. You don't need some guy's sock bacteria all over your only you don't food need it. source. And this, this is Jacob's not the most socially dynamic individual. And I think... Uh, 
some of those social nuances and subtleties are lost on him. Well, he seems like a nice guy. He just needs to relax. Again, in my notes, I just have, just chill out, man. <laughs> Take a breath. Just play it cool for a second. Go for a swim with everybody, you know? Like, stop looking for clues right away. <laughs> you can't contain that man, okay? Yeah. Uh, we jump back to the Navidi tribe. We get to meet Wendell. And Wendell, we learn, he's got a little bit of strategy going off right off the bat. He's in law school. But uh, he tells people that he's a woodworker, which is true. He does some some woodworking. But, a furniture uh, builder. Furniture builder. Mm-hmm. Is that different than woodworking? I guess those two can go hand in hand. They're... I guess woodworking is a part of furniture building. Yes. You work the wood and then you build the furniture. Sure. We're, yes. We're not... Uh, we're not furniture builders. We're not furniture guys here. <laughs> Nor are we woodworkers. Immediately off the back, he says he's getting good vibes from Dom, which sets the stage. An alliance bruise. For a, or blossoms. Beautiful alliance already. So he's getting good guy, vibes from Dom. So, of course, he goes and tells him because, you know, information, shared information is the way to build relationships in Survivor. So and you get, have to start that early on. You have to start building those relationships from the very start. So as soon as Dom's name comes up from, of course, Chris Noble, he uh, goes and tells Dom and says, hey, Dom, your name was coming up. It was Chris. Surprise. Are you shocked <laughs> that this guy's after you? Heads up. In case you're wondering, go to an immunity challenge. The first one. This one's a good one. Uh, you got to pull a sled over a track. It has puzzle pieces. And the puzzle's a big cube puzzle that you gotta manhandle and solve. That's okay. It's an it's a it's an all right. It's a challenge. I like the immunity idol this season. It's pretty subtle, like the the, the tribal immunity idol. Mm-hmm. It's subtle, but it's I think it it's good. It's Af- still not something you can plant in the ground, though. That is true. Oh, we need that back. We do need that back. Afterwards, Navidi wins, uh, and Jacob on Malolo decides to talk some smack he's saying we still know that we're the greatest tribe in, in survivor, survivor history, history. <laughs> so there's a big it's a bold claim on day one so they immediately are like all right this guy's talking smack let's send him to ghost island <laughs> and then and then jacob's, he says jacob's game is just hilarious and then he and then he proclaims that that was his plan all along <laughs> he he <laughs> he willed them into doing that with his manipulation. He misted them. That Jacob man, puppet master. So he wants to go to Ghost Island because it's a mystery. He'll be the first one to find out what's out there. Probably idols and advantages. As a super fan, he knows that. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I, I'm i not sure if he was actually trying to get them to send him to ghost island if it was his strategy it did work uh yeah we'll give jacob points for that if it was his strategy it's contingent on that (laughs) big if so he goes to ghost island and he gets the legacy advantage which is the legacy advantage that sierra used on game changers that she willed to sarah which eventually helped sarah win the game after sarah purposefully voted Sierra out and then convinced her that she did not vote her out in order to get her legacy advantage. One of the better plays in Survivor history and the main reason why uh, Lucina was on Winners at War. Now I wonder, I kind of wonder why this was their, I, I don't really like this one as a cursed advantage because although, yeah, it didn't work for Sierra, then Sarah used it and won the game. So she reversed the curse is what you're saying. It she was already reversed. She reversed the curse already, yeah. 
You're right. That That's a good point. So I don't know why they wouldn't. Why did they start with that one? Why was that the first advantage up for grabs or I get it out of the way? I guess, but like, you know, why they only not? had a certain amount. I mean, this is your big gimmick for the season. Why not start with the start with the stick? Start with the Aussie stick from that's the first one you'd think Survivor of. Micronesia. So he goes, he gets that. Meanwhile, the the key thing about Ghost Island early on here is that the person who's at Ghost Island avoids tribal council, which is huge. It it is huge, especially for Mister Jacob. For Mister Jacob, because he was on the outs. It, he probably pouring rice into his sock. <laughs> probably goes home. So Malolo goes to tribal council, and the vote seems to be between uh, Gonzalez, who uh, we don't know much about, I'm going to be honest. We don't learn much about her, no. No. Uh, and Donathan, a uh, a charming young man from Kentucky. And this Donathan reminds us so much of a guy we know in our personal life. We're not going to get into it, but uh, Donathan's a character as well, and... Uh... That, another great character in this season. And Gonzalez, we don't know much about her. Just a good dude, that Donathan. So something that I thought was hilarious was the debate during this tribal council was sort of strength versus tribal unity. Do we want to get rid of Donathan and have a stronger tribe? Uh, because Gonzalez is, I guess, a bit more physical. Or do we get rid of uh, Gonzalez and keep easygoing Donathan around? And Gonzalez says that Donathan is visually weak. <laughs> which i know what i she's, don't <laughs> i know what she's trying to say <laughs> she's trying to say he looks weak which is not wrong but it sounds like she's saying that visually <laughs> it's not good that's what it sounds like to me that's all i get from that so i just i thought that was hilarious and she kind of blows blows her own game up here a little bit she doesn't have the greatest of tribal councils here she yeah. flames out a bit so spoiler alert she goes home uh, that's fine, I guess. We didn't know much about her. She seemed like she was at least invested in the game, but Gonzalez goes home. Something of note, uh, the first tribal council, I really like the sound effects and the music in the tribal council scenes in this season. I think what they did was to make it sound really spooky. They took their usual tribal chants and singing, and I think they reversed them. So it sounds really like, I don't know, like horror movie, like this weird jumbled. Anyway, it is unique, but I always I always find that when we watch these seasons, you're always way more invested in the music than I am. I find I don't always notice those subtleties. Well, yeah, I'm a big music guy. I don't know. Well, we'll yeah, I'll have a, a personal monologue episode where I, I discuss the top theme songs of all time, because that's something that I'm very interested in. Are we doing in. solo episodes now? If you want. Okay, maybe I'll have to think of my own. Sure. <laughs> episode two. Well, okay, not episode two. It's okay. I'm going to say this right away. We're really confused by the episode numbers. because We were talking about this before we started. Because episode one is episode one and two, even though it's just one episode. It's two boots. But so if the episode numbers get jumbled up moving on here, then that's just you figured out it. Uh, yeah. After Tribal Council, we cut to nighttime. At Navidi. And Dom begins looking for idols right away. At night. Which is a unique strategy, but it's it's one that I like because during the day you can try... If I was there, I'd be finding these spots where I'd want to look during the day. Because you can feel around most of these spots. As long as you kind of have 
a vague memory of where they are. I'm sure there's enough light in the sky that you could see where you're going. So it, it is a good strategy by Dom if you're able to sneak away from camp without anyone noticing. Oh, I love it. And I think in this era of Survivor where people are so observant and so in tune with knowing who's looking for idols and when, it's the perfect strategy for that because it, it just you got to stay one step ahead of everybody. That's why Ben yeah, from Heroes, Healers, Hustlers was so successful, why he was able to avoid vote outs. That's what he did. He, he went out at night and, and, and nobody followed him. Because we're in an era of Survivor now where people will follow you if they think you're trying to find idols. They'll be on you like glue like we saw in Kagiyan. But at nighttime, people are like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I guess. I don't have time to go out there. I always wonder, like, they're skulking around at night. How do they not get bit by, like, spiders and stuff? I don't know. Because, like, like they're sticking their hand just, like, into holes in trees <laughs> just blindly. I think of that all the time. Like, what if there's a snake in there? Yeah. That's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but Dom doesn't find a snake. He finds the idol. He finds the idol, which is better than a snake. <laughs> uh, so he finds it. It's Andrea's idol from Survivor Karamoan. Andrea was voted out with the idol in her pocket. She didn't use it, which is interesting. Another one. That was a really good vote out looking back at that one. That was a very good vote out. So uh, I think... Again, a weird one to start off with, I think. Well, that one would have been a bit more random, right? Because I wonder how many they hide at the start. Is it just one until it's played and then they're putting one back at camp? Is that still how it works? Or I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how it works. But I, well, no, I'm just saying like in, this, in the same line with the Sierra legacy advantage. You want some heavier hitters why, early on. Why was that the one? But I guess it's sort of we build up to it. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. We cut back to Malolo and Jacob is back from Coast Island. And his plan, he, so of course he doesn't have an idol. Or he doesn't have an advantage. He got the legacy advantage. I guess we didn't address this. He got the legacy advantage and he had to will it to somebody on the other tribe. So he sent it to Morgan. Mm-hmm. One thing about Ghost Island that I wasn't a huge fan of is that I don't get the sense that it was fully randomized as to who got an urn with a, a winning with an idol in it or an advantage in it. I wish it was random where they could smash any urn they wanted and it was truly random, but it feels like it's a bit more set up. And I guess that's maybe to space out the idols. But it, I guess for me, it doesn't really matter at what point you get the game, you get the advantage like it wouldn't really matter to me so that's one thing that maybe i didn't love that it was more set up i guess i agree and it's something that i'm not saying anything was rigged but that's something that they could easily uh mm -hmm. push in a certain direction if somebody was coming that they thought might need an idol we're getting conspiratorial here but not conspiratorial i'm just saying that it gives them the option mm -hmm. i don't think anything fishy happened this season but it gives them the option Mm -hmm. So Jacob's plan, he doesn't have anything. He comes back uh, and, and his plan is to, he made a fake idol and his plan is to tell everyone that he has an idol. Mm -hmm. So he does that. Matt, what's our number one rule? Don't tell anyone about your idol. I think there should be a sub point on that. That's like, don't tell everyone you have a fake idol for no reason. Mm -hmm. It's just especially don't tell people that <laughs> and this guy's a super fan it, mm. i think 
I mean, it's been done before, and I'm not I'm not bashing fake idols. It they've been used correctly in the past. However, when you have this many people early on, and you're a guy already on the outs, don't push yourself further to the outside. There's just a very it it's very easy to split votes when you have nine people on a tribe, mm-hmm. and if everybody knows and nobody wants to go home early. So they can say, this is an easy target. Jacob's an easy target. He can go home. He has an idol. We have to eliminate that threat. We can split the votes easily. We can put the other half on somebody else. Another doctrine of ours. Don't make yourself a target early on. Just go with the flow at the start. And Jacob just doesn't know how to do that. Just chill out, bro. We've said it a few times now. Just relax. It's fine. So he tells his tribe... And he says he's going to use it at the next tribal council because he doesn't want a big target on his back. He wants to be, you know, honest and I I don't know. And so I love his quote is, I think my tribe bought it. And then it cuts to like everyone on the tribe being like, I don't think Jacob has an idol. (laughs) I think that's a fake idol. Bro, come on. Uh, So... We go to the Naviti tribe. Chris. He doesn't like Dom. Remember that? Mm-hmm, I do remember that. It's, uh, it's a focal point of the uh, pre-merge. So Dom and Chris, they have a little conversation. Dom's trying to smooth things over a little bit, I think. And, and immediately Chris, uh, he asks him, he says, hey, do you have an idol? And he says, no. You know, like a lie. Because mm-hmm. he does. And then a few moments later in the show, I don't know how much time passed in real life, Dom goes back to Chris and he's like, hey, I just found this idol. So what Dom did is he made a really crappy fake idol, showed that to Chris along with the real idol paperwork. Which I love. This is fun. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really entertaining. Uh, Chris isn't necessarily buying it. He puts two and two together and he says... Uh, how <laughs> it doesn't make sense that Dom didn't have an idol and now he does. So Chris, he, he's he's suspect of Dom no matter what, and this just makes him more suspect in Chris's eyes. Well, and he's more worried about it. Doesn't smooth things over for Chris. Yeah, while it's suspect, he's also worried about the fact that Dom. He thinks that Dom lied to him because he think he had it anyway, which is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do an immunity challenge. Uh, this one was interesting. I like this one. You gotta, you're swimming, you're going over obstacles, like A-frames and stuff. And then you gotta dive deep down to release some buoys. And then you gotta shoot the buoys into a basketball net. And this is one of my favorite challenges. What has become a staple of this later era of Survivor, Survivor is uh, Jeff yelling inspirational things at people when they are having trouble in challenges. Survivor does get a lot more inspirational in the 30s, I find. It does. Jeff is all, it's its all about overcoming. and The progress you make throughout the show. Personal pushing, goals. Pushing through. So this one, they're, they're swimming in pairs. Uh, Donathan and James. Yes, James. They go diving. Donathan and James are a pair. They have to dive down and release some balls. Now, Donathan immediately swims to the platform. He thinks that James has got it. 
James does not got it. He doesn't. Uh, I think his thing was, didn't he learn to swim quite recently? Wasn't comfortable. So they can't dive down. I don't remember James very well. James is just, he's hes trying, he's getting about a foot below the water and then coming back up, nothing's happening. And so then his tribe's going, hey, hey Donathan, can you get out there? And he's, you know, he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> so enough time passes, James keeps going, he's just floundering, he's just treading water. So Donathan gets out there and, and Jeff's yelling at him. Hero moment. This is why you came on Survivor. You have to believe in yourself. You can do this. <laughs> it's about personal achievement. If Jeff Probst was yelling at me, I could do anything. I could do anything. So Donathan, he, I think first try goes down and get gets it. Mm-hmm. My question is, why were these two a pair in this challenge? I don't know. Could they have not flagged that to the group? Said, hey. Hey, we're not good ne- swimmers. Neither of us are good at diving. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Donathan did it on his first try. Uh, but they, they love those inspirational moments in Survivor because it's a, it's still about survival and pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not all about idols, right, Matt? No, it's about the journey. So this entire time, Wendell's just shooting threes. Pretty good. Swish, swish, swish. swish. They are able to come back a little bit. However, Navidi wins again. They get to send somebody to Ghost Island. Jacob again gets in on a little bit bit of action. Jeff says, last time you sent Jacob to Ghost Island. And then Jacob says, and they'll do it again. <laughs> and then Navidi says, we're going to send Donathan to Ghost Island. <laughs> Jacob's strategy fall, falls it, apart. <laughs> it didn't work. And he did want to go back because he would have been safe from the vote because he knew he was in danger. And I love how Jacob can't hide his disappointment on his face very much. He's just sad immediately. And he was he said it so confidently, and they'll do it again. And just instantly changes. Yeah, we'll send Donathan. <laughs> this isn't a video podcast. You can't see us trying to make these facial expressions, but very funny moment. Very funny. Donathan goes to Ghost Island. He doesn't get to play for anything, but he's having a good time. They get back to Camp Malolo, and Stephanie is trying to bring... Jacob in again we haven't talked about most of these people because they didn't really make much of an impression the first uh, episode but I guess this is still the first episode confusion Stephanie goes and talks to Jacob because of course Jacob's on the outs and Stephanie another proclaimed not a super fan but a, a person who says she knows the show very well and I actually believe her as I as opposed to Jacob so Stephanie is trying to bring Jacob in they could do a thing their plan is to go after Michael 18 year old Michael who uh, is definitely 18, right? He's either 18 or 35. He wears blazers. And he looks better in a blazer than I do ever <laughs> at 18. We do a lot of complimenting the men on this podcast, but we're, we're comfortable with our sexualities here. <laughs> we're good. Michael's a beautiful man. He's a, a good looking kid. Probably got a good, <laughs> probably got a good life. He's got a good life. Well, I hope. He's got a good life. That was a, that wasn't asking. <laughs> right. So uh, I think the little relationship between Stephanie and Jacob may have just been played up a little bit in editing because it is a clear Jacob vote. It was such a clear like we'll get to it here. Like this is the biggest flame out in Survivor history, I think. Like, is there someone who goes out in more of a <laughs> a blaze of a blaze of glory than than Jacob at the start of a season. Well, I would say in terms of like characters that get a lot of screen time right off the bat and then quickly Flame gone, out. 
I can't think of another one like this because he and got a so lot fun. of he got a lot of screen time. Like people will roast this guy and I mean somewhat justifiably, but he's a really fun character in the history of Survivor. He he played hard and I mean I He's just like, he's self-deprecating. He's making jokes the entire time. He seems time. like a fun and, guy. And honestly, you know what? That's probably what I'd be doing. I would be so <laughs> stressed. I would just be making jokes about myself all the time and just like trying to cut the tension because I'm so nervous. He's a fun character. And in the, the lore of Survivor, he is, he's made his mark, not necessarily in the way of some others, but he's made a mark as one of the more humorous flameouts in survivor history i'm gonna be honest i completely forgot about him after watching this the first <laughs> time so maybe he didn't uh as i said they as i predicted they split the votes between jacob and james because he proclaimed that he had an, an idol so they split the votes because they had the numbers of course jacob did not have an idol he didn't <laughs> and everyone called his bluff P -p -p poker face now we're on to episode two which is actually episode three i'll just i'll stop doing that we're on to episode three i guess <laughs> it's either two or three it's three well okay <laughs> tribe swap well i mean technically it's two tribe swap everybody drop your buffs this is a very early swap mm -hmm, and i like it because they go down two people really quickly obviously and it, it's fun to just kind of change up the game like that quickly and that early on. It's just, it's it's a fun little change up. The tribe swap works out so it's 5-4 Navidi on both tribes. Putting original Malolo in. In the hole on both teams. On both teams. Our boys, Wendell and Dom, are still together. Also with Chris. Hooray. Hooray. Drama. Bradley. We haven't talked about Bradley yet. We haven't talked Bradley, about Bradley yet. Bradley we is, will talk about Bradley. Bradley is a law student. And he lets everybody know that. He comes over to Malolo and just immediately starts complaining about how the beach is m worse than Navidi's. Just like they have like, I think they cut in like two or three times where he was saying it, but I'm sure he said it more than we saw. We're uh, we're just going to say it now. Like we're going to have to kind of hold back a bit when it comes to Bradley because this guy's personality is so unbearable. <laughs> Like, this guy's not... His edited personality on the show is unbearable. That's what I'm... That's being generous. Well, what as we've seen, comparing season 36 Wendell to season 40 Wendell, the edit can do a lot to you. That's a good point. Something we'll get That's to. The, <laughs> that is the only point that I will give Bradley. Okay. For the rest of the time. Chris immediately starts working on pretty much everybody about getting Dom out, which is an interesting strategy because again it's so it's five four navidi malolo they could just roll with numbers they could roll with their five to the four but chris hates or distrusts dom so passionately it's and he's deep. like his like his recruiting of people like it's like it's crazy like it's intense like he really doesn't like him and there obviously was some mutual respect that we see down the line but like i I just, I really don't get where that came from. Maybe there was more early on that we didn't see, but it was just immediate. I think it's two guys with big egos that couldn't handle not being the, the dude. Although Dom 
Dom tries to smooth smooth it over multiple times. He does. Because I think Dom realizes how good of a shield Chris is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big dude. Challenge beast. On the Malolo tribe, the new Malolo tribe, Michael, Michael's a smart guy. He sees that good looking they're, young kid. they're in the they're in the at a disadvantage numbers wise. So he goes looking for idols. And he finds one. And he finds a cool one. And this is the first idol where I was like, that's awesome. Instant memory. That's awesome. Because it's such a unique looking idol, too. It is one of the hardest to hide, too. You can't just stick that one in your pants, you know? Well, you could try. You could try. You could try. It's James's idol, one of James's idols from Survivor Season 15, China. James was famously, spoiler alert, voted out with two idols in his pocket. Do you remember James pushing over trees in Survivor China? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Pretty big dude. That's all I remember from James from that season, just pushing over trees and then getting voted out with two idols in his pocket. I, I, I love James. I love me some James, too. So Michael finds it. That's cool. Michael is also a big Survivor fan. He talks about growing up watching it. Uh, he would have been pretty young at that point. Probably wasn't born yet. Good for him. Well, he was when Survivor China was on. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 2000. Fair enough. Sorry. I thought, you meant, the... I thought you meant Survivor as a whole. In 2007. <laughs> The original Davidi, they kind of start fighting over the original Malolo members on the new Navidi tribe because Dom and Chris can't figure it out. Both sides are trying to recruit the other Malolo numbers because it's they an just, arms race. Because they just can't they just can't figure it out. Guys, just play nice for one vote. One vote. But it's what makes this pre-merge so fun is that these guys just cannot work together just play nice just one you guys just need one vote just get the numbers down get them down at a disadvantage of two dom and wendell is a great alliance but like can you imagine dom and wendell if they had chris as a shield throughout the game like like obviously we know what happens but <laughs> that would have been a pretty formidable force that would have been a good one moving on to an immunity challenge this is a the first very confusing, overly complicated survivor challenge of the season, which I love. I love myself. A like five minute explanation of how the yeah. challenge works. So you got to jump through a set of wall jumps, angled panels, and then you have to dig up a ladder and then you have to climb up that ladder and get a rope. And then you have to throw the rope. And, and latch it onto a hook and then you got to pull yourself up the wall with that ladder and then there's another wall that you have to run up and help your team up and then there's a puzzle <laughs> I, lo I love it to use uh, David's words from uh, from Millennials versus Gen X uh, it was very involved very involved so again we get uh, a Malolo win this time which we haven't seen yet good for them Few and far between when it comes to Malolo winning anything. Chris gets sent to Ghost Island at this point. So before the tribes were deciding who they would send, but now that they are mixed, they can't unanimously decide because there are people from both tribes. So they have to draw rocks to decide who goes to Ghost Island. Chris gets selected this time. To quote Dom, that son of a bitch Chris is lucky. <laughs> I can say that because it's a quote. Chris is rocking up to Ghost Island. And he says, frankly, I'm spooked about it. 
it's very spooky. You never know. It's very mysterious. Thanks for thanks for being frank with us. We've been ripping on Chris a lot. However, Ghost Island is the first time we learn a little bit about Chris. Mm-hmm. He has a little breakdown. He cries a little bit. He talks about how uh, his mother has MS. Quote here, my mom is my hero. When I hit a moment of weakness, I think of her. So he's uh, dealt with helping his mom through treatment. And we see a human side of Chris. We will both admit that we think Chris is a very good guy and a good person. Uh, undeniably, we just have... We'll, we'll get to it. He's just tilted by being a very attractive guy. and We're, we're and, getting into it now. Here's my having, theory. And having all the benefits of being very attractive and charismatic. Well, when, when you're that attractive, people just won't check you on anything your entire life. So your ego gets so inflated. And you think that everything you say is so amazing that... You get Chris Noble. Great guy at heart. Loves his mom. He's got, seems like a good chill dude, but a little bit overconfident. So that was nice. I thought, again, we, we got to see a human side of him, which was good because up until that point, it was just kind of the hardcore, stubborn side. So that was nice. He doesn't get to play for anything at Ghost Island. He hangs out. So back at the other beach, Dom and Chris, there was a bit of a split. That's still going. So they kind of have to decide whether they want to uh, side with Angela, who was a very close uh, companion of Chris's, or use some of the other Malolo numbers to take a shot at Chris by taking out Angela. So it would have been a clear shot at Chris getting Angela out, which is why they wanted to do it. Without Chris there, the, the numbers are even. It's 4-4. Four, four. Angela tells Wendell and Dom that she's willing to draw rocks for Navidi. She's Navidi strong. She's willing to go. However, they're skeptical. They're not sure about that. So what does Dom do? Dom goes to Malolo and says, let's, let, let's take a shot at Angela. She's a close alliance member of Chris. Let's do that. He shows them his fake idol to build trust, which is interesting because it's 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 a bad fake idol and he knows it's a bad fake idol. He shows them and they're skeptical. So we have Dom, Wendell, and Morgan. Those are three. Navidi. And then there's Angela. She's kind of on the outs. So they make the pitch to Malolo. Let's vote out Angela. We go to tribal council. And it doesn't quite work out that way. No. Dom and Wendell... Don't get their way at the start here. So old uh, old Malolo decides to side with Angela. And they vote out Morgan, who is a, a tight member with Wendell and Dom. So what happened was old Malolo voted Morgan. The rest of Navidi voted Angela. That could not have gone as bad for them any other way. Not a good, uh, not a good start for Dom and Wendell. Because I think Angela voted for Libby. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So Angela goes home. We're into the next episode, and Dom. We kind of see Dom for the first time, not necessarily scrambling, but he's uncomfortable because it, the plan didn't go as planned. He is one of these players that cannot stand not having control, which in Survivor history can be a really good trait of a winner. Not being able to handle not being on the in. 
and playing, as he says later on, with fear. But again, I think it just shows how good he and Wendell are because they get back to the beach. They kind of have a moment where Dom just looks at Wendell and they just kind of they're kind of having a moment. And he just says, we just made enemies with everyone. <laughs> so they recognized it. They screwed up. They get to work right away. They go, how are we going to fix this situation? In order to build that alliance even further, because Dom now knows that he has no other support on this tribe, he tells Wendell about his real idol, that he has a real idol. And he now has the legacy advantage that he got from Morgan, who she got from Jacob. Yes, so Morgan... Another key point. Morgan voted out. She wills the legacy advantage to Dom. So he now has an idol, a legacy advantage, and a fake idol. And it's important to note that the legacy advantage can be played at 13 or 6. And it works as a regular immunity idol at 13 and 6. Yes. After that, we get into a reward challenge. Get some uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sounds good to me. Pretty good. Early reward, not too extravagant. They they, they build up to it with just, the food. Just enough. So this one, I really like this challenge. It's the uh, battle in the water where you have to get a ring and then get it back to your pole while the other two tribe members are fighting you to try and get that ring. I think it's a great one. Very physical. This is a good one. Yeah. I, li I like this one a lot. Navidi wins and Kellen goes to Ghost Island. We don't know much about Kellen at this point. We learn a little bit more. She tells everybody about how uh, she got a divorce and she she didn't like how her life was going. So she turned things around. Good for her. Go get him, girl. Based off of that, she says she's all about trusting her gut. She's been working off her gut instincts more lately. So she goes to Ghost Island and she gets a chance at an idol. She can pick any number of, uh, I guess, between two little wooden containers tubes, tubes bamboo shoots bamboo shoots you gotta just it's a game of chance you pick one you lose your vote you pick the other you get an idol she decides not to play i would be impulsive in this situation and no matter what i would go for it i think this was a very thoughtful move on her part because she knew that we talked a lot about this when it was happening whether or not what we would have done in her situation I think the important thing to note is just the game situations back at camp. So they are still, this is, she's on Malolo. They are, she was an original Navidi member. So they're up 5-4 currently on Malolo. So if she doesn't have a vote, then that means they're even. Mm -hmm. So I think she made the right move. Losing your vote there could ruin everything. I'm still risking it to have an idol in my pocket. Even if it's a 50-50 shot. Well, so what if what if you're the target at the next immunity challenge and I guess you have an idol? You have an idol. Or maybe you don't. 50-50. 50-50. Well, there you go. Over at the Navidi camp, Chris is back there from the first time from his visit to Ghost Island and he immediately makes them taking a shot at Angela about him, thinking that they're gunning for him because they tried to take out his alliance member, which is true. He's but like, not, He's not wrong. But you could also just be like, sorry, they almost voted you out, Angela. <laughs> Sorry, our entire tribe turned on you. Angela, do you even realize that if you got voted out, how that would affect my that game? That would be very <laughs> bad for me. So he goes to the old Malolo and tells them to split Dom and Wendell at the next tribal council. However, Donathan and Laurel, who... Laurel's another person who hasn't really popped up until this point, but Donathan and Laurel decide that 
they don't want that. So they go and tell, uh, they go and talk to Dom and Wendell, let them know they want to work with them. Chris's overconfidence starts to push people away from him. People that he needs. Absolutely. Dom tells Laurel about his idol here. Build trust. Because Laurel does come off as a very trustworthy person and ultimately she is, but it was a good, this goes back to Dom's social awareness of who he's going to trust and who he's going to build relationships with, which is ultimately what the show is all about. Well, and again, just her, him recognizing that while he doesn't have much of a relationship with her yet, she did come and give him some information about Chris, repay her with a little bit of information of his own. I liked his quote here. He says, because, you know, she's kind of like surprised. Oh, you have an idol. And he goes, it's an idol. You're not supposed to tell anyone, <laughs> which you're right, Dom. That's the that's the rule. That's the law. And you broke it. It's the law of the podcast. You're telling everyone now. But Dom, what happened to us? Next up, we have an immunity challenge. There's a cage out in the middle of the water. You have to pick up a heavy chest and move it through a gate and move it to shore. And then you pull it on a track. And then there's balls, and then you have to, like, lay them up onto an arch. Putting putting the balls on the ledge. This one was very involved as well. They've done the balls on the ledge challenge a few times. I like this one. This this is one that I think I'd be good at. You think you'd be good at that one? The balls on the ledge. Do you really? Layups? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Malolo gets out to a huge lead in this one. uh, Navidi can't quite figure it out. They're even like they're on like a they're on the track and they're trying to pull this really heavy piece of track and like nobody's helping. It's just Chris and Wendell. It's another moment where Jeff Probst, he's yelling, everybody's got to help. You have to unite. That's a really heavy piece of track. (laughs) So Navidi, although they're very far behind, they come back. Malolo, not a lot of good basketball players on their team, I guess. They are unable to lay their balls up on the ledge. Navidi comes back to win it all. Brendan really blows this one. Brendan did blow that one. Hmm. Yeah. I'll own it. Not really repping the name. Well, there hasn't been a strong Brendan showing. Mm -hmm. I know that. Everybody knows that. Afterwards, Jeff. It's just a weak name. Jeff is all over Navidi with a message about never giving up. That's why you don't give up. This is what Survivor is all about. Yeah. You tell him. You tell him, Jeff. In a confessional after this challenge, Bradley compares himself to uh, Kim Sprodlin, the winner of Survivor One World. One of, in my opinion, one of the best winners ever. Undeniably. One of the best players ever. He says he's very calm and organized with his game. He says, I think about all the details. That's what's going to make me a fantastic lawyer. (laughs) It's day nine, my dude. Let's calm down, okay? Can I also just jump in and say that guy will make a fantastic lawyer? I'll give him that. I'm sure he will. Let's just calm down, though. Still pretty early. I know you made it through your first tribe swap. Good for you, but that was on, like, day six. Relax. This guy sucks. You're not quite a winner yet. So the original Navidi is planning on voting out Michael. And that's when Michael tells all of his old Malolo friends about his idol. He's got some plans. Now, again, 
Our rule is don't tell people about your idol. However, he was pushed into a very bad situation. He needed to let his team know that there was a little bit of hope and let them know what the game plan was so that they weren't caught off guard, which I think was a great move. So they go to tribal council. Bradley continues to just lay into them, be very condescending. His quote here was because Omolola was talking about how Navidi wouldn't talk to them at all because they knew that they had the numbers. And Bradley says, I tried to talk to them as a babysitter. Bradley. Which just seems uncalled for. So they're going after Bradley at this point, which again, I think is a great strategy. Uh, mostly Michael, but also um, Stephanie's in on it. They're saying that, you know, it's clear that Bradley's the ringleader. Sebastian and Chelsea, you guys are clearly on the bottom. You need to make a move. And we can take him out right now and here's how we can do it. Michael pulls out his idol and he says that it can save two people, which I really like this because he's believable too. He's using the gimmick of the season to his advantage. Yes. I love this knowledge of the game. Nobody knows what ghost Island is about. Well, uh, only, only a couple people know what it's about at this point. So Michael's using that to his advantage. He's one of the few with this information. So he stretches the truth a little bit. It's also like the the idea that that idol specifically would be worth two people because James got voted out with two of them mm-hmm. is also like knowledge of how that idol got cursed and knowledge of how you could use that to your advantage. Because of all the idols, that's the most believable one to be worth two. Yeah. Again, it was a long shot, but I think it was as good a play as he could have he made. He sold this as well as he could have. He says, I challenge you to play the game you came out here to play. Make that big move. Flip on Bradley, who's obviously just using you as a number. So Michael gets up after the vote, says he's playing the idol for himself and Brendan. Looks back at the tribe. Doesn't get a reaction. And then he says, actually, I'll just play it for Stephanie. He had a chance here. He took his shot and he just, he got the wrong... He just, he hit the wrong person. The votes were on Brendan. So Brendan goes home. Which is a very sad moment for you. Well, I didn't connect personally with this Brendan. But, again, it's fun. It's been a lot of mats on Survivor. Good history. It's been a couple. A lot of mats out there. Not as many Brendans. Survivor, mats versus Brendans. No, there's not enough Brendans. Versus paper. In the world. so brendan goes home michael again i think that was about as good a play as he could have made just just got the wrong person he had a one in five chance of getting the right person running one in four chance of getting the right person he just didn't get it and if i feel like that's the play i would have made if i was like i don't think i would have thought of this play but like if i'm picking i'm probably picking stephanie there and then they 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 made a smart move by switching it to Brendan. Well, and again, it's just weighing whether you think that the other tribe is going to value strength, or try and take out somebody uh, weaker in order, or or value strength and take out somebody weaker, or take out a big threat right away. So they obviously do that with Brendan. On to the next episode, the fallout of that big tribal council. Michael apologizes for his gameplay, which. 
uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't like that. Like, <laughs> he's well, just such a nice guy. He's just kind of sucking up to them. He says, you know, sorry about that, guys. You know, I was just trying to make a big play. I knew that we were all, you know, we, we were kind of on our last legs here. But we get a confessional from Bradley and he, you know, he kind of says he thinks that Michael outed himself as a huge threat, which he's not wrong. Michael did. Yeah. And that Michael knew that when he made the play that it was going to potentially paint a huge target on his back. And he was a he, he was a big target anyways. Mm -hmm. Physical guy. So, yeah, you got to but you got to if you're in life or death situation, you might have to paint a target on your back. We head to a reward challenge. They get some coffee and pastries, the winners. This one... Coffee plays an important role in this season, I find, too. I find coffee's constantly a, a focal point of this season, and it's talked about a lot, and it's involved in a lot of the drama and a lot of the better moments of the season, mm -hmm. just as a side point. Matt, don't even talk to me before I've had my morning coffee. <laughs> so this challenge here, they're jumping over tables, digging up, digging through piles of sandbags. To release more sandbags or balls or something. Yeah, okay. Balls. And then you throw the balls to spin targets to drop flags and then you win. They get to the end of this challenge and Chris is throwing the balls. This guy's got a oh. cannon of an arm. Got like huge arm. Cannon of an arm. And this is this is one of the biggest destructions in challenge history. This has got like they crushed them. It wasn't even close. I wouldn't say challenge history, but it was it was a clear win. He was knocking those spirally things back. Chris has a great arm. They celebrate at the end. Navidi wins. Chris screams, I want those pastries! Which is what I would scream, yeah, probably. I, I want those pastries right now. We get to see, uh, or after that challenge, Jeff's like, wow, you have a great arm. And Chris is like, yeah, I played baseball pitcher <laughs> which yeah obviously you Quite did clearly killer arm bro <laughs> uh this is where we see chris rap for the first time <laughs> uh chris likes to rap we learn mm -hmm. uh he likes to make up little raps in terms of i mean in terms of like doing a freestyle on the spot maybe it's not a freestyle but in terms of just busting out like a little a little rhyme. He's better than what I could do. Sure. He just doesn't have much. He has white guy rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> After that, Stephanie gets sent to vote to Ghost Island. She does not get to play for an idol or anything. She gets to talk about her her inner strength. She's doing it for her kids she has kids at home single mother again i i think ghost island is good because every single time somebody gets sent to there uh it we learn we get a dedicated side story. we get a dedicated segment to that person so a person like stephanie who we, hasn't gotten a lot of screen time at, up to this point she's got kellen the week before kellen even chris we get to Jacob. see him inside of chris donathan i think it they, they use it as a way to isolate those characters which I think is great. I love learning a bit about the characters, even who are on the losing tribes, because that's who it is, because often we don't get to see anything when you get an, an unbalanced tribe, which this season kind of turns out to be. Malolo starts losing quite a bit. They have coffee and pastries. This reminds Donathan of home. 
he sits down, he's having a little moment. He tells he tells Laurel all about how he helps care for his grandmother at home. He feels a little bit guilty. You know, he has a lot of responsibility. He's left, you know, his, his mom to deal with. Nice kid, just having a chat. Donathan is a nice Donathan's guy. Donathan's a nice guy. So Chris notices that he's having a hard time. And as we've said, Chris, and actually a good dude. <laughs> Chris is a good guy. He's he, a good they, guy. they bond. Chris and Donovan bond over the fact that they have someone in their life that they're taking care of. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, he 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 sees and he says, "Hey, Donovan, you know, I, you know, could see you're having a moment." And Donovan tells him, and yeah, they 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 bond over their shared experience, which is nice. And again, I don't think, I think Chris was a little bit more uh, socially and emotionally intelligent than we may have seen in the full edit. We got a few moments, mm-hmm. but not a lot. Again, you never know. You just never know. Chris, I, I do think they lean into the edit with him a bit much of painting him as this kind of egotistic, I guess a bit of an ass, but he, he does seem like a good guy. We would, we would both admit it. He is clearly just a good dude. So Donathan relates to it and they bond and, and he's a little bit conflicted because he had has sort of sided with Dom and Wendell and Laurel against Chris, but he's kind of, you not necessarily second thoughts, but just going, I, you know, Chris and I hadn't bonded and, and that was a, it's a good moment. So smart on Chris because he had to strengthen that bond a little bit. If he's trying to gather the troops against Dom under the immunity challenge, this is a fun one. A boogie board. You got like well, a boogie board. You're being man. pulled on a string. You get a combination lock. You get a slide puzzle. This one's got everything. One notable moment from this is Desi gets dragged basically the entire way back underwater. <laughs> and she's just like, cool. Like she's just screaming, go, go. <laughs> Good for her. I saw that. I'm like, Trooper. man, like that's just getting just, just drowning. But it's Survivor. Sometimes you have to drown a little bit. Navidi wins immunity again. So that means that we're back to our friends on the Malolo tribe, Stephanie and Michael and company are fighting for their lives. So we get to see more of Michael. He's kind of talking about how he, you know, this has always been his dream. He talks about his his independence. He moved away from home at a very early age. He was probably nine. <laughs> Had a beard already. They know, although Stephanie went to Ghost Island, they know that she doesn't have an idol because Desi went through her bag. Another thing I'm not a big fan Matt's of in not Survivor. A, Matt's not a fan I don't, of the I don't bag. like the bag search. It should be off limits. Go on. Just it's your bag. Don't don't go through someone else's bag. That's dirty. Don't look at my personal stuff. Don't do it. That's my stuff. Heading to tribal. They of course bring up there is potential for an idol with Stephanie. They talk about it. Michael makes probably his only argument for himself. He says he's a physical guy. We're not winning challenges. You guys need me. And that's that's the only pitch he he could really pitch, have there, and it is as, the it is the correct pitch because well, they're losing every challenge, and especially since he, the tribal council before made a big show of it, he sort of had to be like, I can help you, I'm not a big threat, and he's one of those guys that's he's such a target that you can probably realistically look at it and say, once we get to the merge, this guy's gonna get taken out either way because he's a threat. Unless so he, keep him around to keep your numbers up. Unless he finds an idol mm. every week. Mm. Mm. You can tell 
Stephanie is making a good case for herself, I think. I think at, at this tribal, you can really see that she does... She knows the game. There was just not much they could do in this one. I do think she would have been interesting to see go down the line a little bit more. Because she was... Uh, she is a big fan, but not in the Jacob kind of way. Right. She's a little bit more sense. Again, I, I can't say how her game would have been. But I, I would have liked to see her get a couple more votes in. Mm-hmm. But I am glad that Michael stayed. And this is... The watching Michael and Stephanie kind of just get pushed, like they're so, like they can't escape this situation. It's they, they, this other side will not budge. Well, and they're both putting up a really good fight, but it's just, it's, there's nothing to be nothing done. Nothing to be done. Well, and this is what kind of, it's, it kind of bothered me because Stephanie goes and like they're all like crying about, about it afterwards. They all look sad and stuff. And it's like, well, you didn't have to vote her out. You could have mm-hmm. done something else, you could have made a move. What? Yeah. I don't know. Play with the players you want to play with in Survivor, honestly. Especially after a tribe swap. It doesn't matter. Like, make your move at this point in the game. On to the next episode. Tribe swap 2, Electric Boogaloo. Woo! Woo! We got three tribes now. Brendan, uh, what's better than two tribes? Th- three tribes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. Not if you're busting Rob. <laughs> Third tribe is green, called Yanuya. Very fun. We get uh, Chris and Dom are separated for the first time. Chris and Wendell are together on one tribe, and Dom is on another. Which is interesting, because they don't get to uh, cry about each other (laughs) this episode. (laughs) This is where they kind of lean into Chris's edit, in terms of editing him to be a bit of an egomaniac. egomaniac. He they they cut together a lot of him uh, boasting about himself. Yeah, I played beach volleyball. Oh, I do model. I haven't told anybody. I didn't want to tell anyone because of the perception models have. Yeah, I didn't want to tell people those things because it might not be ven- beneficiary to me. <laughs> I love Laurel's reaction to this. And she's just like, oh. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing, Chris. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, she's like... He admitted it to me like it was going to be this big mind-blowing thing. <laughs> no, nope. And for Chris, it was. It was for him. That's what's crazy. So immediately, Angela and James go to their new tribe, which is Malolo. Malolo. Rock on. And they immediately air out the Dom-Chris drama. They're like, all right, everybody sit down. Here's the tea. Dom and Chris hate each other. They tried to vote Angela out because I'm with Chris. What do you think about that? Just like immediately going over to your new tribe and just being like, here's here's the goss. It's bold. I mean, it's just getting everything out in the open. And I guess if it doesn't involve you, but I guess at that point, if you're Angela, you are basically saying, yeah, I'm I'm in with Chris. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if I'd want to attach myself to that guy well, and it, you, too no, much. No matter what, if you are saying I have a tight alliance in another tribe, your tribe mates are going to be like, okay, we got to get rid of this she person. She has options else- elsewhere. So we got to get rid of her before the merge. Mm-hmm. Don't pin a target on your back in any way. James and Michael are sort of forced together at this point. They were original, original Malolo. They weren't really tight at all, but Michael, he's a game player. Uh, they sort of know they have to link up. Michael just can't catch a break. He can't. He hasn't been on the right side of the number since day, uh, well, whenever the first tribe swap was. Day nine, day Day six. 
So they get together on the new tribe. This was a really great quote I liked from Dom. He said, no more training wheels out here. It's time to get dirty. Ooh, ooh, that's hot. Turn up the heat a little bit in there, Dom. He's on a tribe with Bradley. Bradley is kind of saying, you know, this is sort of when the game really starts, you know, where a couple tribe swaps in. You know, this is sort of where I get to see maybe I am as fantastic as I think. <laughs> well, I did think I already was pretty fantastic. And just the the grin on this man's face. Okay, uh, okay Bradley. This guy has the most punchable face <laughs> that I think I've ever seen. No comment. Moving on to the immunity challenge. The blindfolded uh, challenge. Puzzle piece. Blindfolded challenges are always... They're always good because it causes some... Uh, physical slapstick. Some slapstick comedy. I would hate this. Some tripping, some bumping. I would absolutely hate this too. I would not make a good caller, so I would definitely be, I think I could be blindfolded, a, which I would hate. I think I could be a good caller, maybe, but I just I, I couldn't do the blindfolded thing. I don't know. Yeah. I still think about Spencer having one of those things dropped on his leg and just the thought of it. Well, these puzzle pieces were a bit smaller, though. Still. These were, these were small ones. There's so bags. much stuff out in the field that you That's can trip true. on. You smash your head into something. Desi's one of the callers, and she's just screaming. In terms of being like a caller for that part of the- Outstanding. For that part of the challenge, great. I think we'd agree that Desi is the best screamer caller in- Like, she's great at it. For that leg of the for challenge. For that part of it, to be yes. specific. Yes. So they're fairly even. They're going. Wendell's the caller for his team. They get all their pieces back. He leads them to their puzzle board, but then he actually forgot one of the bags back. So he has to run he back. He has to run back. It. That seems like a very big deal. Jeff Probst makes a very big deal out of it. They're able to come back. They do the puzzle. Wendell calmly navigates his tribe to a win. They get the first immunity. Wendell saves himself a bit here because that bag, leaving one of the bags behind, it doesn't cause that much time delay, no. but it's it's something that could it's like a, it's put like, a target It's like it. a minute in the edit, but it's probably like 20, 20 seconds, seconds to run back life. and get it. He screams, what's up, Probst? Because this is, this is the beginning of Wendell barking at Probst in challenges, which extends into Winners at War. Well, again, Probst was, he was, he was giving it to him. He's going... You know, he's saying an enormous, this is the the biggest mistake we've seen ever in Survivor history. Wendell forgot a bag. <laughs> so Wendell, you know, he's, he's excited. He won. Malolo blows a huge lead here again. They might be cursed. Navidi gets the second part of immunity. And uh, Malolo blows their lead because, as we alluded to, Desi is very good at the screaming portion of the first part of the challenge. However, she wasn't able to calmly navigate her thribe, her tribe through putting the puzzle together, still blindfolded. No. It it collapsed pretty quickly for Desi. Well, yeah, because it you kind of have to switch between screaming your head off to calmly explaining what you need done. But she continued to scream. Mm -hmm. So on Malolo... Desi's sad because she blew the challenge and she knew it. So it's sort of split. There's five of them. Desi and Kellen are together, two original Malolo members. We have James and Michael who are original 
uh, or wait, James and Michael, original Malolo, Kellen and Desi, original Navidi. Angela's sort of in the middle. She's original Navidi. However, her original Navidi compatriots, uh, Wendell and Dom, turned on her. So she's not quite 100% sure if she trusts Desi and Kellen because they could just flip on her the same way that Dom and Wendell did. Angela's the big swing vote here. And it's one of the most boring swing votes in history. Angela does not come off as the most compelling character. It's one of those ones that I always, when I see someone like that on the show, I just kind of wonder how they got through casting. Well, and again, maybe it's it's a it's a case of maybe she's a different person off the island and that, that just didn't come through when she was there. But, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, well, I got to weigh my decisions. What am I going to do? She ends up staying with Navidi and votes out James. Michael survives again. And Michael Michael actually writes down James's name because he knows that it's between the two of them. Which is always a smart move. If, if it's going to be you or him, you might as well put your vote on them. Especially at this point, pre-jury, you're not pissing anybody off. You just... And with such a small tribe you might as well use your vote yeah there's no reason not to well and again i wonder if that's kind of why this was one of the more boring swing votes because i'm maybe angela honestly just had her mind made up and they just had one scene of her going well maybe yeah maybe i'll just vote with them but because it seems very clear that michael knew that they were voting for james so it seemed pretty clear on to the next episode Michael is in panic mode because he is now alone. He had James, who wasn't even a close person, and now he's by himself. So he's doing a little scrambling. He has he is just constantly put in bad situations. He is. And he, he fights. He got dealt a bad hand. So he's scrambling. He's looking for an idol. And he finds one. And he finds a cool one. He finds two cool ones. And this is the best cool one, in my opinion. The coolest one. It is Ozzy's fake idol from survivor micronesia it's a stick it's a stick but it has a face it has a on face it. on it to quote the idol literature the idol has spent 10 years maturing on ghost island <laughs> and is now a full-fledged immunity idol this is this is stupid to us but we also <laughs> i love we it we also love it <laughs> it's like it's a teenager now it's been in puberty for 10 years the idol's up been maturing the idol's an adult now Ooh. So it's, and now it's gained power. So it's got the full powers of a regular hidden immunity idol. I love it when Survivor leans into the corniness a bit. Well, again, if 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 you have a gimmick, you might as well you use might it as well. So I so I love that. Ten years maturing, and I, we might as well say I love when they get the castaways to. It's clearly forced that they're telling them in their confessionals to, hey, you know, maybe talk talk about the history a little bit work in that it's cursed mm-hmm. do, you, do you mind say reverse the curse say, say reverse the curse for us please. please take that again but please say reverse the curse at the end reverse the curse <laughs> we move on to a reward challenge this is one i like it's a we're in your tribe you're holding up ropes with a platform in the middle everyone has a different rope and you have to spell a word puzzle using blocks up vertically. And this challenge has kind of been hacked in recent years um, to the point where I I don't think they, I think they've stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's to the one where they realize that if you can get three people to tighten it up, then you can actually just drop your rope completely, mm-hmm. which I don't think these 
coach teams figured out right away. It took them a little bit to figure it out, but once they did, I feel like everyone got behind that strategy. Um, but yeah, it seems like this is one of those challenges that kind of got hacked over the years and people figured it out. Yeah, Navidi broke it. I think they I think that's why they don't use it anymore. They do a similar one for individual immunity where Which is you're a, f- a very fun one where as you're well. by yourself holding up ropes, so there's no support. But yeah, I think they they figured it out halfway through that you could just, yeah, just pull those ropes tight and everybody hold it and you can just scramble up there. So Navidi wins because they figured that out. And good on them. I love when people can break a survivor challenge. Yanuya comes in second. Bradley was uh, being a little bit rude to Donathan during this challenge, as he does. They win the reward. They send Kellen to Ghost Island. And she gets an extra vote. She decides to play this time. Her gut, she goes by her gut, and it says... She's a gut player. Play this one this time. And she wins. Kellen, do it. This one's easier because there is three tubes. Two of them are winners. Two of them are winners. So you got a 66% chance. I like those odds. From 50 to 66. To 66. Well, two out of three. Two out of three sounds better than 66%. They go back or back at camp. Bradley continues to just lay into people. They're trying to celebrate. They just won. They won uh, like kebabs, I think. He's so rude to people. It's... It's almost kind of mind-blowing. Do you ever meet a person and, like, wonder, like, they've clearly never been punched in the face in their life? I mean, I haven't been punched in the face, but, like, and I don't, and I don't, th- and I don't think you have either, but we also don't act like that, you know? Bro, I've been punched in the face before. Okay. All right. Well, I had an older brother. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, completely unaware. Who knows? Bro, you and Bradley. Me and Bradley. Never been punched in the face. So he's he's talking to Donathan. He's giving it to Dom, too. He's just trying to get these kebabs on the fire. Everyone's just trying to have a good time. At one point, he says, hey, Dom, how's it coming? Like, rude. He's just, like, sitting back there. The other tribe, Yanuya, this one's got Wendell on it. Wendell and Chris. He sneaks off. They got the second reward. Not as much, but they still got some food. But he sneaks off during the reward to look for an idol. And he finds one. Wait, he finds a clue first. Then he goes and finds it. Mm-hmm. And this is another cool one. And this one isn't a former hidden immunity idol or a fake idol. It is Eric's idol from Survivor Micronesia that he famously... Eric's too nice. Eric famously gave up his individual immunity. We seem to talk about this in every episode. Micronesia just kind of comes up every episode. Yeah. Which is fair. It's fair. I'm just just pointing it out. Ain't complaining. I'm not complaining. At Malolo. Malolo. That's a hard one. Mm. Malolo. You got there. Desi and the rest of the Malolo crew decide to burn the Malolo flag because they think it is cursed. And they want to reverse said that curse curse which is fair i guess reverse that curse they haven't won anything i mean they won the tribe themselves have won one challenge i think the orange tribe we got an immunity challenge next all about the challenges that's what i notice in the newer survivor seasons it's very quickly you start the episode small talk you're into a reward challenge a little bit of time Reward, and then you're back into the immunity challenge. All about the challenges. 
This one's another swimming one. You got to swim over, swim, and then go over like some obstacles like A-frames. You're retrieving rings and you're tossing rings onto targets. There's been a lot of ring tossing in this season. Ring tossing, throwing, a very... A lot of A-frames. I feel like you've said A-frame three times. Three times? Well. A lot of A-frames. Well, what else do you call it? Big triangles? Bro, A-frame sounds cool. That sounds... I'm good with that. What do you call a 3D shape that's like a triangles on the end? We're going to call those A-frames. There's a word for it, but I don't remember. Grade three Hit geometry. us up on Twitter if you know. Yeah. You knew you wins this one. And then Malolo also wins. Yay. They get their first, well, their first win in a while. Good for them. But this was a very triumphant moment because they burned the flag. They reversed the curse. They did it. The gimmick. It, it worked. Yeah. So Navidi's going to tribal council. They go back to camp. It should be a pretty easy vote. We have three Navidis and two Malolos. We have Dom, Bradley, and Chelsea. And we have Donathan and Libby in terms of their original tribal lines. However, Bradley's general attitude has worn pretty thin with it his tribe. It starts to rub people the wrong way. That it probably already had at that point, but it starts to reach a boiling point. To, to the point where I start to, th- to think these people think that he doesn't deserve to be on the show. That's how reprehensible he's acting. And I, I think that is the case. They just don't think he deserves to be there anymore. Well, and again, at this point, when you have the numbers and based off of how this season has been played already, it's been very true to those original tribal lines, more or less. Mm-hmm. Except- it's, it's weird this season, in that sense that there it is very original. You're sticking with your original group. We're two swaps in and we're still talking and about we're still talking about tribal lines. original Navidi, original Malolo. So Dom and Chelsea are wavering a little bit. They're considering Bradley because it would be an easy vote because in a sense that they would have Libby and Donathan, because they would obviously be on board with that. At Tribal Council, Jeff asks Bradley if everybody's getting along. He says, yes. Really? Mm. Maybe not. From Bradley's perspective and point of view, I guess, but... Maybe not. Bradley goes, and he is blindsided. He was very confident going into that one. He thought they were going to get rid of Libby. They were going to get rid of Libby. I could watch that guy get blindsided every episode because he was even smirking after he got blindsided, but you know that he was just like dying inside. Mm-hmm. Watching Bradley go home is, <laughs> it's it's very satisfying, but also you're losing such a great villain and he just makes, I'm conflicted with him because he is, he almost pushes it too far into being like a complete and total asshole. But he is so fun to watch and so fun to hate. Like me and you watching this guy, we're just ripping into him the whole time. But like even then, it's like he's even condescending on his way out. He's smirking. He's like, great move, guys. Like he's some like big target that they had to take out. They just got out the godfather. Yeah. He was going to go to the end and win if they didn't get him out there. So I, I like... Again, you have to be pretty obnoxious to get flipped on your tribe when you have numbers, when things have been pretty uniform in terms of tribal lines up until this point. So I wonder what we didn't see, you know? We 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 saw the highlights of Bradley, but like imagine living with him acting like that 24/7. I wonder what his reaction of himself was watching it back. We'll never know. 
We will never well, know. I'm, I'm sure we could find. Unless it. we can get Bradley on the podcast. Well, that's a uh, that's a next episode. We'll see. However, we, we're gonna have Bradley on the, the next out. episode. No, we're not. That's not what Is I. That meant. What you're saying, Bradley? I did not promise that. I did. All not. right. I mean, you said it. I did not. We'll talk about the tweet at us of Bradley if you're listening to this. We'd love to have you. Well, Brendan's banking on it now, so you better come on. We'll dive into some fallout in the next episode. Next episode of the show, not our podcast. It's the merge. Merge. Woo. This feels early. I mean, it is episode, by their numbers, episode eight. So we're about just over halfway through, but it feels really early. Yeah, we. Yeah, I agree with that. It necessarily, not necessarily is, but it feels early. I think they... Have, maybe yeah. because there's so much change up, mm-hmm. it, maybe that makes it feel tighter. When they have 13 and the merges have been creeping uh, earlier and earlier in these more recent seasons. But with this episode, they begin setting up the Dom-Chris rivalry right away. They get back. It's like everybody's, oh, merge. It's great. Dom's like, yeah, everybody's having a good time. Everybody's here. And then there's Chris. And then there's Chris and Dom and they just see each other and it's just instant, instant hate again. Chris is rapping at the merge feast. Which As he does. Bars, baby. Good for him. So they sit down. They have their meal. It's great. They get their new buffs. In one of the buffs is a little secret message. That buff would be owned by Mr. Chris Noble. And that buff says, says shh in it. It says shh. <laughs> a secret awaits at Tree Mail. He goes to Tree Mail and there is uh, a secret. A secret. A secret. Not really a clue, but it says... You know, you can come to Ghost Island tonight for a chance to get an idol. You got to sneak away, though. Sneaky. I I really like when they make them sneak into, like, each other's camps or, like, sneak off at night. But I, I have so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. Or when it's in a challenge. Oof. Love like, it. Love it when they do stuff like that. But, yeah, like, the ones where they have to sneak into the other tribe's camp while they're sleeping. And, again, of course, the editing probably makes it seem a lot more intense than it is but like it gives me so much secondhand stress i just like i don't know how they could even do that of course you would you just do it you deal with the consequences but nobody's ever been caught so that's again why i i wonder how um how exposed they actually are in those situations but you never know so he gets to go in the night to ghost island at the merge, Wendell says he wants to stay, Nav- stay Navidi strong. Vote out Michael or Libby. He goes to Chris. He extends the olive branch to see if they can work together for one vote. He talks to Dom about it. Dom says, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's cool. If we can talk to him and we can get him on board with us, we can do it. They see the potential in Chris. And I think it is, back to what I've said a few times, I think they look at him as the perfect shield in this game. Well, and if they had all linked up at this point, who knows what could have happened? They make a pretty good pitch to him, honestly. I, again, they, they don't even say like, it's not, you know, like, let's make up and whatever. Dom straight up says, let's stay together for one vote. We can go at each other after this, but let's just shore up the original Navidi numbers for our original tribe. And Dom, not Dom, Chris is not having any of it. He doesn't buy any of he it. He doesn't even... He doesn't even tell them yes. Like, you see players nowadays, another one of our rules is say yes to everything. Brendan, do you want to be in an alliance? Yeah. 
That's another one of the dig deep doctrines. So he doesn't even he, he doesn't even entertain it. He just says, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I need to talk to everybody. I don't know. I don't know. And then he runs off to go drink wine on the beach with his friends. Mm-hmm. Party on the beach. Confessional after that. He says, I'm too suave to just buy that. Damn. Suave. Suave Chris Nobel. He is suave. <laughs> suave. So that night, everyone is asleep. Sort of. Well, maybe. Everyone's in, lying in the dark. <laughs> Chris gets up and he goes to Ghost Island. At Ghost Island, he just, he gets an idol. No strings attached, he gets an idol. It is JT's idol from Game Changers. JT famously left his idol, he wasn't even in his pocket. He left it back at camp, and he Mm. got voted out. However, so there's a little twist on this one. He gets the idol, but it's only good for one tribal council. You can play, again, a game of chance. Pick and bamboo shoots, 50% chance. You go up a ladder if you. For every correct one he opens, he gets to extend the life of the idol. By one tribal council. So he says, let's play. He does one. He gets it. So it's good for two tribal councils. He decides to continue to push his luck. Next one. eh, No vote. He loses his vote. So that's pretty big. I think. I don't know if I would have pushed it on this one. You would have kept it at one? Well, again. Knowing what's coming down the line, mm-hmm. you might just need it for one tribal council. And that tribal council, if you don't have a vote, might be even more important. So he loses his vote and he does have an idol, but only good for two tribal councils. Not that that matters. <laughs> so Dom's still mad at Chris, as per usual. Hint, hint. <laughs> Like, it's funny because at this point, just like their general existence is pissing each other off. Like, they're not even doing anything in particular. I love when they have the, this is great editing. It's when they cut from both of them in different social circles, just hating on the other one Mm -hmm. to other people. And then they cut to their confessionals where it's just them hating on each other back and forth. And it's just, it's great TV. Yeah. Chris is just like, I hate Dom. And Dom's like, that guy is an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> it's great uh, this is one of my favorite episodes in survivor history i it's can great. i can it's easily fun. proclaim that i love this episode we watched so much. this one last night and we had a blast with it I, it's a great time this is one of my favorites i was this this is the reason why i pushed for ghost island for this rewatch solely because of this episode honestly it's i mean it, it's it's a great season it's one of my favorites but this episode in particular just it's a good one First individual immunity challenge. You got to balance an idol at the end of a pull while you balance on a beam. This looks painful. Painful and hard. Comes down to Kellen and Libby. I, how how quickly does this go by? Do they do they say? Because I feel like this in real life went by very quickly. Well, so I think it's there. There are stages on the balance beam. Each one was I think five, it's minutes. five minutes. Five right. minutes. So it goes at least ten. Right. So no then, more than fifteen minutes. So it would have been just over 10, which is incredibly I think quick. So, yeah. So Kellen wins that Im- immunity. They get back to the camp, and Chris decides he's thirsty. So he leads everybody, everybody but Wendell and Dom <laughs> to the well to get water. Heavy air quotes. But not a lot of subtlety. <laughs> well, yeah, it wasn't, 
he didn't it wasn't even under the guise of anything it was literally just like dom and wendell are sitting at camp like you think they're talking about us <laughs> yeah do you think the other 11 members of the tribe that went to go get water are talking about us they're probably not talking strategy <laughs> chris is very aggressive about this play he says i want everyone to be on that page and that page is splitting the votes between wendell and dom because he knows that dom has an immunity idol and but and and again he's just kind of telling everybody what to do and this is sort of again his social game people were not receptive to that they didn't like being told what to do no not at all Wendell and Dom are chatting back at camp. They just kind of solidify the Chris plan. They're like, all right, well, he just led everybody to uh, talk about us. So let's let's go after him tonight. Donathan, of course, tight with Dom and Wendell at this point, comes back and says, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to vote for hey, you Hey, so they were talking about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> says, hey, just in case you didn't know, Chris is gunning for you. Yeah, so he lets them know they're going to split the votes. Uh, and then they get into the action and they put the Chris plan... I love that Chris is so overconfident that he thinks he has literally everybody on the tribe on his side. And immediately. It's like, nobody else is going to talk the rest of the day. We got this. Let's lock it in two minutes already done. Yeah. The Navini girls, however, they're not in on either of these plans. They're not really down for either of them. So they think that the plan is to split between Wendell and Dom. But they want to take out somebody else. They want to take out an original Malolo member. They want to take out Libby. So there, and again, I, I think this is a great strategy. From their perspective, they thought that the vote was going to be split between Dom and Wendell. Using that, those smaller vote counts to their advantage, they could easily get Libby out without a majority of the votes. If that was what was happening. Mm-hmm. I love Dom's quote here, because I think it it gives us a little bit of sight into how he views the game. And Said, I kind of spoiled it earlier. Fear keeps you sharp, so you have to stay fearful at all times. Dom's always, he's hes on the move. He's looking around. What, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? What you... He's like a paranoid New Yorker. He's suspicious, yeah. After that, we cut to Chris, and it's a great contrast between Dom's clip of being on your toes, never trusting anyone, never thinking that you're cool, and we go to Chris, and he goes, I probably don't need to use my immunity aisle tonight. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Again, just great editing for these two, like... They're, they just can't exist on the same beach. They cannot. Head to tribal council. And the thing that stands out immediately is Do- uh, Chris has not been to tribal council yet at this point. And we at the mo- <laughs> when this when we're watching this and they say, oh, Chris, go grab a torch. Prope says, Chris, go get a torch. We're like, what? With all the tribe swaps and all like how he avoided tribal council to that point is kind of shocking. I mean, he's a beast. Yeah challenge beast I guess that's absolutely it. but the thing was i hadn't noticed i mean obviously he was good at challenges but i hadn't noticed quite how much of a beast he was until this where i went oh crap like his tribe has not been to immunity yet mm-hmm. and after two tribe swaps it's literally just him they decide dom just lays it all out on the table which i love he's calling jeff jeffrey <laughs> jeffrey let's just let's just lay it all out here he, he starts back on day one with him challenging Chris's leadership. He goes to the fake idol. He goes through it all. I, I've i never seen this type of transparency at tribal council. It was great. It was, he, he just, he, he set the scene for the, for the tribal council right away. Didn't want to, you know, beat around the bush. He jumps right into it. Chris gets in a few, he, 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 re- he rebukes. 
he's there too. He's talking. He says, you know, he's like, I'm cool with it being a showdown because 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 Probst is like, you know, is it is it, is it between you two guys tonight? And they were like, they were both like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it between the two of us. Chris, I think something that was interesting. And this is again a great edit. This this episode is this is why I love this episode is the editing. The last thing that they cut in before they go to vote. Chris talks about trusting his gut instinct. Mm. That's it. So Chris has no vote. They go to vote. I l- <laughs> Usually the voting is pretty straightforward. In this one, Dom speaks very loudly in his voting confessional so that everybody can hear it. <laughs> Chris Noble. <laughs> A great moment. Dom- A great cap to this. Yeah. Wendell also goes in on Chris, which... A, a little bit of a personal attack off the bat. Stop rapping. Well, not I'm. that's not the personal attack. <laughs> the personal attack is socially you don't know what you're doing. I hope you stop saying I so much. I hope you start listening to people. Aye. And then. <laughs> says, and then he gets really personal. Stop rapping. You're trash at rapping. You're garbage at rapping. You can't rap. You have no bars. Put the mic down, bro. Put the pen down, bro. Use an eraser. He's not wrong. Entertaining, man. I Great. I was reading a, a an Entertainment Weekly article today and uh, Chris's little recap after he got voted off. He was upset seeing Wendell's, the first part of Wendell's confessional there. What did he say? Well, it was very personal. Well, he just said he didn't understand why there was so much he thought that was very hateful and mean. He didn't know why Wendell was so upset. Why doesn't he like me? Well, but even like he brought up, he and Dom had even had some mutual respect, which we'll get into. We'll get to that. In a second. So we go. Probst comes back with the votes. If anyone has a hidden immunity idol, now would be the time to play it. Dom and Wendell look at each other a little bit cheekily. Wendell sassily puts a toothpick back in his mouth while Dom stands up and says, yeah, I got some. Oh, I completely forgot the fake idol. During the big fight between Chris and Dom, Dom put his fake idol on around his neck. He said, here it is, everybody. I got it. And then, I mean, Chris was like, yeah, it's not a, it's not an idol. <laughs> so he's wearing that around his neck while he votes. Out in the open, he's like, I got an idol. At this point, he goes up to Probst, pretends to take it off, and he goes, I have a better idea. And he pulls out the legacy advantage. Oh, I love when he... He was thinking about that all day. Dom is a showman. Yes. 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 I love I love players that want to entertain. It it makes... Yeah, it just it's better TV. Have some fun with it. So Dom plays the legacy advantage for himself, which we're at 13 here. And this it's was... great timing for his game. Like this is in a, in a way, good, lucky, lucky timing for him. Yeah. So this was uh, the 13 vote, one of the two times he could use it. So he figures, why not guarantee what's, it? What's very important is that he doesn't have to use his real uh, hidden immunity idol. And he doesn't have to burn the fact that his fake idol is not a real idol. Mm brilliant so chris goes home and dom doesn't actually get any votes uh it it was split between libby and chris which Mm -hmm. i thought was interesting dom would have gotten one vote but chris did not have a vote Mm -hmm. when chris stands up to get his torch 
he and Dom hug it out. He just said, you know, great move, man. No hard feelings. All good. Which I love. I loved it too. If you're going to... If you're going to fight it out, have the mutual respect at the end. It, this co- this goes to any sort of sporting event. Have mutual respect for your opponent. Mm-hmm. They both played hard. They and... both played so hard. And... and they both respected how hard each other played. They didn't like each other. They didn't get along. But you have that mutual respect at the end of what was a great fight. Mm-hmm. It was a great fight. Well, and the reason Dom has had to play so hard up until this point was because Chris was on him from day one, knowing that he's a huge threat, which he is. He is. Chris Chris was right. Chris was right that he's a huge threat, but just Chris just didn't know how to handle it. He just it. didn't go about it the right way. So I love to see the mutual respect. I love no sour grapes when it comes to anything in Survivor because it's just a stupid game. It's, a, it's just a stupid game. It's just a stupid game. But we love this But we love game. it so much. But- they were at each other and and he and Wendell sort of while they were also sort of fighting at this point he and Wendell did have a bit better of a relationship uh with their time on Yanuya Mm -hmm. so a little bit of mutual respect a little nugget for later on they hug it out Chris didn't use his idol so the curse was not reversed in fact unfortunately no reversed curses no they couldn't do it have we had a reversed curse yet when we do Ghost Island 2 They'll bring that idol back because it did not get reversed. Well, and I would Whereas say... there's other ones that do, do get reversed, they won't be able to come back. If the legacy advantage was cursed before... Imagine how mature some of these idols are going to be by then. If the legacy advantage was cursed before, I guess it, it, it wasn't reversed because Dom didn't play it correctly. I guess. I mean, he didn't play it incorrect. Well, he wasn't... It's he? now neutralized. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to know the rules mm-hmm. around Ghost Island. Which about, ones about idol curses? Which ones are cursed? I wonder if that's in the Survivor rules. It's gotta be. Which ones well, can be cursed? As we've talked about, I feel like the Survivor rule book is just Jeff making it up as he goes. He's the only one that has it. No one's else. No one else is allowed to know the rule book. It's just in Jeff's head. Yeah. So that is the end of the merge episode. The end of part one. A fantastic end, a fantastic halfway point in the season. Yeah, it sets up a lot. And I think you don't often get, it's sort of bookended the narrative arc of the first half of the season because... It's a beautiful crescendo. Well, because while there is a lot of other people and a lot of other things going on, the storyline of the first half was Dom versus Chris. And we, you talk about editing and it... I feel like the whole first half of the season is edited beautifully. And you're right. They thread it through each episode and they're building to this. And that's where we know how editing works and, and the behind the scenes, the production for this. And like the storytelling here is, is excellent. And, and how they build up to this ultimate kind of ending to their war is, is awesome in my mind. And this episode is, like you said, the editing is perfect in this episode. Well, and this is why I like Survivor. We have a lot of talks about Big Brother versus Survivor. And my, my thing with Survivor that just gives it just a little bit of a leg up is that they can build up to a big narrative, a big story. They can There's set more it up. storytelling. They can set up something. There's a payoff at the end. They can thread things throughout that they know is going to have an impact later. Big Brother is great, but they're just, it's a little bit more 
uh, touch it's and week, go. And it's week to week. They don't have they the luxury of knowing what's going to happen. They can't plan. So that's well, our this debate will continue. But that's one mm-hmm. of my things. I I think I I love being able to lay everything out on the table and go. Okay, this these are the key narrative points. These are where they can kind of thread throughout. That's why I love Survivor. I think it's one of the. I think the the narrative structure doesn't get a lot of praise in terms of from a from a video editing standpoint and from a narrative structure editing standpoint i think survivor is up there and and it could be used as examples Mm -hmm. for anything Mm -hmm. i think it's great so ghost island um that's the end of part one so we will wrap things up here quickly but i'm very excited for part two i think we can both agree that we loved the first half of this season and we're we're very excited to dig into the second half Mm -hmm. and no spoilers but i think it's very it's a very consistent season it stays it's pretty level in terms of quality throughout there's no drop off pre or post merge i think it's very it's just very good one thing we agree on with this season is this is a great season to introduce someone to survivor if they've never watched it before i think it's a very accessible episode season sorry you can kind of say you know here is a season that i think encompasses the baseline new survivor it it hits a lot of the marks you want you have great characters great strategy a fun twist uh like i said they bring back the history of the show and i just yeah it's it's a great season for someone who maybe hasn't like you said hasn't watched in a while or is brand new to the show all right i think that's good let's wrap this up boom all right, so that was part one of our Ghost Island rewatch. So as always, we would love if you rewatch with us. If you're watching Ghost Island right now, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at DigDeepPod. Let us know what you think, what you love, what you hate about this season. What did you think about that stunning Tribal Council showdown between Chris and Dom? I think it's one of the best in Survivor history, one of the best rivalries ever. Where, yeah, hit us up and tell us where you think this ranks in the Survivor rivalries of all time. Otherwise, we will be back next week with part two, covering the second half of the season, the finale, the reunion, and uh, we'll check out some other details about the production of the show, characters, people. We're excited. We're excited. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. (laughs) 